It's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? Get that chair out of the way. Hello and welcome to the Flying Whipper Production Studios. I am Drew Moeller. It's been a while. We took a summer hiatus. Well, we are back to talk all things sports tonight. We're going to make it short and brief. What you're going to see is actually going to be a, a unlive edition, but we're going to post it. And then starting next week, we'll start rotating our guests through and we will have a live show every Wednesday at seven o'clock. That's the plan. That's the plan. And we'll have a better backdrop. But I kind of like this little sick on hammer thing you got. Well, I mean, you, you have Oakland with the with the small payroll, and you have the Astros with the top of their uh, trash cans. Well, there you go. Hey, and talking about uh, baseball, staying with that theme, a lot of activity going on uh, with the Major League Trade deadline. Any thoughts on that? Well, if you're a Nationals fan, you really do not like your life right now. Or a Reds fan. I don't care about but, the Reds. But the Reds sucked anyway. Well, the Nationals, they, they lost Soto, they lost Bell. Boy, the Padres really picked up some run production, which they desperately needed. Well, they they they, pick, they picked up run production in Soto, but they also picked up Hater in the bullpen. Hater in the bullpen. Don't be a hater. But he's a good pitcher, all-star quality. Well, the, the, the GM last year felt like he got left out of the Max Scherzer lottery right. and he wasn't going to allow that to happen this year. He didn't. I mean, they stepped up to get a quality closer like Hader from Milwaukee uh, to get the quality of player that they got in Soto, who many are calling a generational player. And of course, uh, I believe they picked up Bell in that trade. Yep. They really addressed a lot of needs. Um, I think the rods in Vegas went from, a I think thousand it was, down to three hundred. No, it, it was it wasn't that bad. It, it it's I think it was twenty or thirty to one down to ten to one. I know it dropped. That's that's a pretty significant drop. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they do. I think they were a big winner uh, in the trades. I like uh, I like the move the Astros made. Uh, they gave up Odorizzi, a good good quality veteran, which Atlanta needed. Mm-hmm. But then in return they got a catcher which is what they needed. Yeah. So I think all things being equal, that was a good trade. Yeah, we'll we'll see where it pans out. And, and the I mean, going back to Soto, since I'm a Nationals fan and I've, I'm really hurt by this, you know, the Padres get Soto not only for this pennant race, for next season yeah. and the season after that. Yeah. But they gave up a lot. And the Nationals, again, they're looking at – I saw their 2028 projected lineup or 2025. And, you know, it's unfortunately it's a state of small market baseball right now. You've got to tear it down to rebuild it. The Nationals are, yeah, I was listening to one of the analysts. The Nationals are not a small market team. You're talking the D.C. area, which is five, six million people. That's not small market. I agree. But for whatever reasons, they do the Marlins Oh, the, Mar- the, the, the Marlins are abysmal. That's one team the Reds can usually beat. <laughs> Everyone else in the NL. But the Reds, got, uh, they got a lot of prospects. They got some top 100 guys uh, in their trades. They, 
They traded Tyler Malley, quality veteran, to uh, the Twins. Um, the big hole was um, when they traded Luis Castillo mm-hmm. to the Mariners for a bevy of of quality prospects, I guess, in the sense that if you're playing single double-A ball and you're on that potential list, but we'll see. It's, you know, it's the Reg Drury. He went to San Diego. Mm-hmm. He's a good journeyman infielder. So I, I think San Diego made some great trades. Philly made a couple of head scratchers. They got uh, Snyder, uh, Noah. Yeah, it's Snyder-Gard. it's yeah, it's a tough division for them to 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 move up in. So and uh, the Mets really didn't do a whole lot this year. I don't know if they needed to. They just yep. got to hope yep. they don't have their 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 September swoon. Well, I mean, you have Degrom coming back. I'm just hoping that Scherzer doesn't like stop doing what Scherzer does. Let Scherzer be Scherzer, man. I mean, he's he's killing it. Yeah. They, they, so the Phillies, I think they gave, they gave up some prospects, which I I heard in Philly land the you know the fans who are never happy there are the most negative people in the world. Well, they threw batteries at Santa. I should live in Philly. They threw batteries at Santa, and they cheered when. Uh, Michael Irvin was laying on the ground, semi-paralyzed. <laughs> they have so much criminal mischief in that stadium. They have a magistrate on call on game day sitting in the stadium. Although I think when it comes to fan fighting after Philly, you got to go with San Francisco and, and L.A. for fan fighting in the stands. They're, they're pretty epic, too. Okay. Um, what else? Well, I mean, the the big news this week, I, I haven't heard yet. We're recording on Wednesday evening. The deadline for the NFL to file its appeal on the Sean Watson is tomorrow morning. They're not going to change that. Um, Cleveland gave up way too much. I, I think there was something already known about that because Cleveland was willing to basically bet their franchise uh, to get this guy, and they, they lose six games. Big deal. I... I still think that they were planning on a year, and I think they, like everyone else, is surprised that it's only six. Yeah, and it's, I think he comes back against Baltimore. Yep. So he's actually coming back when they start the, yep. coincidentally start the interdivision play. What's, what's interesting is Deshaun Watson comes back after the Dolphins owner comes back from his suspension for tampering. <laughs> By the way, that voice you hear in the background, that, that unseen comic, that's Brother Bob. Yeah, I, I, I mean, talking about jokes, and, and we do not have an explicit on, on this, so I'll try and keep this a little clean. But I'm a little, I was a little taken by the situation that Deshaun Watson got six games for basically being hard, and Tom Brady got four games for basically being soft. Yeah, man, we got screwed for trying to play with Tom Brady. Oh, man. There was a lot more behind that. I mean, they were talking, Tom Brady is very good friends with one of the minority owners. They were talking an equity interest in that team that was right around the time that he retired, he quote unquote retired from the Buccaneers. And the interesting thing that I heard getting into, getting into the inside baseball and football is that if he had taken an ownership interest in the Dolphins and he left the Buccaneers to go play for the Dolphins, the ownership of the NFL would have to approve that. Wow. Well, it cost him. I think it cost him a first-round draft pick. Yep, it definitely did, and next year as well, and $1.5 million. Yeah. So we're flying through sports real quick. Like I said, this is just kind of a 
a prep show to begin next week. I guess we might as well, well, let's around the corner then talk about the um, NBA. Um, who hasn't moved yet? Still haven't moved uh, the Brooklyn. Uh, oh, Duran and Irving Durant. are going nowhere. Their asking price is too high. That I have a, I have a friend who's like nobody nobody wants Kevin Durant. I'm like everyone wants Kevin Durant. They just don't want to pay the price. They don't want to pay the price. You know, it's interesting. They're saying in a lot of these deals with Westbrook and Durant, how the Spurs with all their cap space actually could play into this, especially with um, obviously now Durant, but maybe uh, taking on Westbrook's contract. I, as a as a San Antonio based podcast, I am. 100% behind the San Antonio Spurs getting involved in a three-way, bringing Westbrook to San Antonio. Why is that? Because he's going to sell tickets. The, San, the Spurs are, are going to suck. Well, I don't know what his attitude's like, and I don't know if Pop wants him. His, his attitude is he, he's a baller. If you look at his minutes per game and the number of games he plays a season, yeah. he's definitely not a Kyrie Irving. The only problem with this is... Uh, we don't want a baller. We want the lottery pick because they got this young kid out of France, Wimbaya, I believe his name is. Yeah, the Wim- Wimbaya. Wimbaya. He's an absolute freaking stud. He's part of the Tony Parker uh, team league that Tony Parker owns. And they said this kid's generational. And next week, we'll put some footage. This, this kid's a freak. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the, if the Spurs are the worst team in the NBA next season. Which I don't think they will be. I don't think they're going to win more than 25 games. If they have the top pick in the lottery, it's only a 14% chance. I understand. But with this kid, it's worth taking. I mean, I've but, seen film. He's, he's Tim Duncan. Uh, and I skipped a hyperbole. But when I watch what I see and knowing he's 19 and 7-2 and watching his range from three-pointers, he's... He's Duncan. He's he's got the range of a Nowitzki. Uh, he's got some some freakish angles that he can. No, he's make he, shots. No, he's worth it. And, and the one thing I like about where the Spurs are going on this, and I've heard it called this by a few other people, is honest tanking. This isn't this isn't throwing tanking. games. This is we're going to have a young squad. They're not going to do that well because they're young and inexperienced. And, and I don't think Russell Westbrook changes that dynamic. I don't think Westbrook wins you any more games, but he sells tickets because he's, he's a name you know. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if they get him, fine. Um, they've got the space. And you know what? If they do get him, uh, they're all sh- actually going to be bringing in some more some more picks because mm-hmm. teams are going to have to ante up some picks and – and I'm a okay with that. I mean, well, that was the that was the speculation. the The three way speculation I saw was Westbrook to the Spurs. We lose Dougie McDermott and one other player. We get the 2026 first round Laker pick, and the Nets get the 2027 first round Laker pick. Yeah. And don't be surprised if we move Podol before then too. Yeah. So. Good time to be a Spurs fans if you're looking to rebuild um, and, and get some cheap t- some cheap tickets in the lower get some bowl. Cheap tickets to watch uh, Westbrook <laughs> Hall of Famer Westbrook. Uh, Boy, there, there, maybe. There, there was a period in his career where he was he was a flat out freak. Yeah, he's fall he's fallen off. Eight. Yeah, yeah, the fallouts have been pretty 
Phenomenal. If if it's the Hall of Great, he gets in. But it's the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I think it's. I, I think it may be questionable. Yeah. So uh, Vince Scully, uh, icon, another broadcasting icon. Broadcasting Actually, icon started started at the age of twenty two. Youngest broadcaster to do the World Series. Has broadcast every sport under the sun. Yeah. I didn't realize it was pointed out to me this morning. He he was on the call for probably the biggest play in my football fandom career, the catch, Montana to Clark. I did not know that. Yeah, I was watching the clips this morning. Um, that was the Dallas. That was game. the Dallas game. Because <laughs> Cincinnati would have won if they would have beat Dallas that year, but Joe had to go and F it up. Yeah, and and, 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 and another call he was on, he was on the call, 86 World Series, uh, that's iconic. Ball going through Buckner's legs. I did not know that. Yeah. I was ready for the other iconic World Series. Oh, the Kirk called, Gibson? Where he called the Kirk Gibson shot. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been on the uh, the broadcasting as some pretty iconic moments. He's called three perfect games. Yeah. Which is, it's just insane. Yeah, he was a longtime voice of the Dodgers. Longtime voice of the Dodgers universally loved mm-hmm. on his last game, every one of the Dodgers players that came up to the, to the plate for their at bat, looked up to the press booth, tipped their cap to him. And yeah. it, it took, it, it, the legend is it took him a couple innings to realize what they were doing. Yeah. He's a, he's a very Madden S type of a guy that just transcended sports. I think he, uh, he, he did a little golf. Did a little mm-hmm. golf. He did, yeah, you know, the Masters yeah. a bunch of years, and he knew when to be quiet. That's the key in today's broadcasting. He knew when knowing the moment. When Kirk Gibson hit his home run, he did his first thing, and then he left the booth. Yeah. So he wouldn't sully the moment. Yeah. That's that's genius. class act. Genius. Class act. Yep. So we're gonna wrap it up. Like I said, short and sweet. The live golf. Live golf. What do you think about live golf? Okay, so I'm on board because every player has a right to earn a living in a professional sports. I think the PGA got way behind the power curve. I think that they thought they were the only game in town, and uh, now they're suing. uh, uh, A lot of players are, there's just been a a lawsuit against the PGA Mm -hmm. led by Phil Mickelson. Answer, one of the- Abraham Answer. Here in San Antonio. Yep. He's part of that. Uh, yep. Tiger also. Tiger allegedly offered 700-ish million dollars. Here's why Tiger didn't do it. Because he doesn't need the money. Well, he doesn't need the money, but uh, I think really Tiger's at that Jack Nicklaus point where he's he's the face of the PGA. He's going to be the guy walking around in the sweater vest in 20 years, you know, uh, teeing off to start the Masters, you know, ceremonies. And I don't think he wants to ruin or sully that that legacy by joining this live. I think that's a big reason. To be no, no, it's it, it's absolutely a reason. It's another reason why Nicholas didn't get involved. And, and I think that the, they were looking at two to 300 to get Nicholas in Norman's position where yeah. Norman is right now. But Nicholas will never, I mean, uh, uh, well, Mickelson will never be the ambassador to golf that Tiger's aligned himself to be as far as it relates to the PGA. Well, I mean, yeah, it's Mickelson had that chance and then, and then he, and then he, you know, pissed it away. If you, if you want to call it that and whether it's his gambling debts coming back and really getting him in the butt. I don't know. 
but to me this 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 new venture is kind of like the the ABA um, and the excitement it had pre and you know before the NBA and then ultimately there may be some type of a merger or meeting but I think I think the PGA got caught with their literally with their pants down and and now they're they're reacting in a manner that's not cool, but they don't have a choice. But, but what I wonder is, are we talking about a single pie that needs to be divided up? With, meaning that if Live Golf gets eyeballs, the PGA Tour loses eyeballs. I don't think that's the case. I think Live Golf just brings more eyeballs. It's an interesting concept. Shotgun start. So, so you, you're you're not at the end of a day on Sunday because how many golf tournaments have you watched on a Sunday where? You're like four holes from being done, and you're like, I don't know what's. No, I just I, I don't need to watch this anymore. It's already decided. Well, mark my word, the PGA will adopt a lot of the formats that Liv's doing because they're interjecting some excitement. Some we're talking about it. We're talking about golf. Well, we're, I mean, to talk well we're also talking about murdering journalists and chopping the hands off of people and not letting women drive. Okay, then then. Uh, then um, China, China, NBA basketball. I mean, who's more in bed with with sports than China and the NBA versus, you know, you can look at bad actors in every country. Does that keep a, a professional athlete from, from playing his trade? I think if I was a golfer playing for the Live Tour, I, th- I think I take one of two tacks. I take the uh, Pat Perez tact and I go, of course, I'm going to go for the money. And of course I went for the money. What do you, do you think I have any other reason other than going for the money? Or you take the, I'm a golfer. All I do is I hit a little white ball off a tee into a little white hole. I I don't care about global politics. I'm going to go where I play. That's what Bryson DeChambeau Basically said in his interview yesterday. Yeah. And and at one point, until you get to... Tiger level? Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson, for me, was the first player who isn't part of what I would consider to be the bad boy club. The, the, the number of golfers or the golfers that people do not like. Yeah. Up until Stenson, all those players playing the Live Golf Tour aren't really well liked. Nobody likes this shambo. Well... They're going where the money is. And, and it's a lot it's gonna, of money. And it's going to send some reverberations through the PGA. Well, we will see how it all shapes out. For me, the, the longevity of the Live Golf Tour comes down, for me, on a few things. One, what does the Masters do next year to allow any Live Golf player to play? Because we all know the Masters be does whatever the, they do. That might be decided in the courts. The PGA, uh, the PGA Championship, which is not run by the PGA Tour, is run by the PGA of America. They're 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 going to go lockstep with the PGA Tour. The Opens, both the British and the U.S. What are they going to do with their exemptions on file for these players? Are they going to say if you play in the Live Golf Tour, no more exemptions? You got to go through qualifying, which I'm okay with. And then the other bit, what happens to the World Golf Rankings? Yeah. Do they allow live events to be part of the world golf rankers or do they just say it's an exhibition? You're playing an exhibition. You're getting paid. Great. Have fun. Yeah. I think there's going to be a period of posturing on both sides. 
but in the end it'll all work out because the PGA realizes that they they have to address the elephant in the room. And it's and it's more golf. It's more golf to watch. And it is an interesting format. Aside from the shotgun start, this whole idea of teams, this yeah, artificial cool. team thing, which is, I mean, it's not, I mean, at one point I think we, we were all thinking it was going to be this like, okay, team tailor-made, team friction. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just four guys playing. But, you know, everyone's loved the Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup format. Yep. And so they're just trying to inject some excitement into the game of golf. I'm okay with that. We're trying to inject some excitement into our new podcast that started tonight being taped. So our new hours are going to be Wednesday, or our old hours, but starting our new live show will be Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. We'll always have a guest sitting here beside me. Bob, anything else before we wrap up? We're just short and sweet tonight. No, I think it's just short and sweet. Uh, we're back, so so watch us on the YouTube, and uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna kick it off. We have a lot of stuff coming up. Obviously, the big NFL season coming up. Training camps have started. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Um, we roll into the baseball season starting to heat up. We'll see where that goes. So lots of fun. Please hit that uh, subscribe button. That just helps us. Please hit the like. That's another thing that helps us. And until next week, go Buckeyes. And we're...